I'm Vince. I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Hello again, Travis. Howdy, Vince. So today we randomly rolled up uh, uh, one that I think is going to be very fun, and it is Feats. I got to roll this one. Oh, yeah, yeah Feats. Yes. Who no. out there in listener land has a Feats fetish? Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Not the things at the bottom of your ankles. No. In fact, what we mean here is, of course, uh, you know, sort of the, the concept that, to me, I was first exposed to with 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons with the Feats. You would select the feats of skill, I assume being what that's shortened for, right? I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. That would separate your character, say, Mr. Fighter A, from Mrs. Fighter B, right? It's interesting that you say fighter. Well, yes, it's it's the first thing that comes to mind, right? Because initially, <laughs> Isn't it? yeah. I, I think when you look at the original book of 3rd edition... Uh, obviously the feats were like the main thing that drove the fighter, the martial archetypes, people who swung swords around, but really the fighter himself was highly driven by this. Right. Concept. So that class specifically was kind of based around feats. I mean, yes. that's all it was. It was feats and some basic stats. Otherwise, like it's basic stats. Everyone else had plus feats. Right. And they got a considerable number more than pretty much everyone else. Right. right? They had boatloads. Yes. That was their special thing. So for those who don't know, um, although I'm sure a lot of people out there did have some experience in third edition and probably uh, doesn't, doesn't the, uh, isn't, doesn't 3.75 use that same kind of uh, thing? That is correct. Pathfinder has continued yeah. the tradition to this day. 15 okay, years. So, later. so feats are like, basically they're, they're to, to me, when I looked at them the first time, right. So, so taking the question, were they good? Yes. I know, I know that when I looked at them the first time, um, at a glance, I didn't like them at all. Okay, because first of all, it was just a huge change. It was this, 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 this leap in in RPG technology to me at the time, right? Because I was coming from AD and D, and AD and D had just it, it, it would not have worked, right? It just it was so very different. It was tech texturally different. It was just strange. So at at the very first, I was like, "This is wrong. This is this is not right. This isn't my game, right?" So I grognarded hard. Um, I got over that pretty quick, though, because straight straight after that, um, I immediately started to get like the crunchy feel of it. I yeah. was like, "These feel really good as I'm playing the game in a very crunchy way." It's like from from an overhead view, from 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 just starting to get into it. I was like, this is kind of kind of awesome because it gives me so many different options of things that I can pick and choose later on, and like um, my my character advancement is not is not is not stagnant in just a table any one table anymore. It also has like it was as if my character class had an equipment list of its own, right? Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, Absolutely. So so it was like this snap on customization. Um. And but but then then my 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 brain turned right after that like. As soon as I had a few games under my belt, I started to realize that snap-on customization really did feel like an afterthought in a strange way. Okay? All right. So it, it, it felt like a strange afterthought that they had to tack on, like, maybe to fix fighters or something. Like, I couldn't figure out what it was that made them stick it on um, until they started releasing new books. Right? So that's where Feats changed the game 
in, internally to, on, on the most deepest of levels, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there was anything in third edition as important to the evolution of the way the game was played, the way characters were conceived of and made, the way you sort of saw the advancement of your character. There was nothing as important as feats, in, in my mind. Right, in in the grand scheme of things. But if we just look at the beginning of the game, just 3.0 and its release of three books, right? Yes, right, sure. Its it, initial it players wasn't, it wasn't it, it wasn't super intrusive. It was like, yeah, fighters get a bunch of these, and that's what makes them awesome. Everyone else gets a few. And so they get to kind of feel like a fighter too sometimes if they really want to, right? Yep. Um, so that's what it was. But then, you know, the problem is they started combining these other elements of, of third edition into the system, like prestige classes became an integral part of the game. Yes. Um, and feet totals started to matter because feet started adding up with every single book they released. Yep. And it was like, it was, I don't know, it was immense in a way that, like, that Rifts feels immense eventually. Um, in that, like, just every book had this, this handful of feats, and every book had a handful of prestige classes, and when you combine those two things together and all the requirements that both, re that both take to get into, um, it was just this, this heavy thing that weighed on you with every character you made, because you couldn't decide whether or not you wanted to play your character, or the one that would be awesome because you picked that feat and that prestige class. Absolutely. It's it's so funny you say that. I really think you, you nailed the trajectory there, right? If you look at the concept, well, your, your first point about prestige classes, which will have a whole separate show dedicated to prestige classes. Right, yeah, because they obviously need, need a, a show too. Yes, kits and all those sorts of things, because that has a sort of wider pedigree of the third leg of your character. Right, our, our archetypal things that are... That have some some kind of of rules, right? Yes. So right, right, right. Now, the when I look back at them, and you you talked about them, when I look back at it, its initial implementation, in the player's handbook, the way I thought about them was really like they're mainly there for the fighter because they tell they help the fighter define what type of fighter he is. Does he use a big weapon? Does he run around a lot and fight with a you know light weapons? Is he an archer? Right? It's that kind of thing. That seemed to be the main driving thrust of them. And then there were some other just general utility stuff that was like, you want to be slightly better at some skills. Okay, here you go, right? But very quickly, what happened? This, it it evolved like a bacteria in a Petri dish. Yeah, it was lightning fast. So it was just, and every generation doubled itself or more, right? Exactly. So. Yes, it was exponential, right? Because all of a sudden, there were just tons of feats, and they were doing tons of things. And like, when I look back at those players' handbook feats, first of all, there was definitely power creep here, right? Like by the end, yeah, what they're doing yeah, crazy is all over creep. the place. But beyond that, when I look at them, they those initial ones that were about skills, right? Like it gave you a bonus to to ask skill or two skills or something like that, right? Yep. Nobody took those because the math was just completely wrong, right? You you took a feat slot, which let's say the average character had four. Or five. I mean, you're probably not getting the one at 20 or whatever, right? Or whenever your last one was, 18. I'm trying to remember. 18, yeah. And um, and it took... And it gave you, like, plus two or plus three to a skill. Right, yep. My skills could be 30, 50, like 40. Yeah, 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just way, <laughs> you know? way up there. Yeah, there was just no top end. Right. Um, yeah, and, and but but... So who cared? And so, right, so, so the mechanical benefits started to outweigh everything else that had to do with the feat itself. Yeah. So, like, all the feats lost all value except for the mechanical 
value within the whatever one sentence had that mechanical value in it. Yes, the heavy combat ones. I think when I look at feats, and, and here's the thing, we're really attacking a sacred cow here. Because oh, yeah. yep. people love these love things. Love like, these things. We're, we're going to make listeners angry, but here, here's what I'll come well, down Well, I'm with. not, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it flat out. I still like it. I still like feats. Gotcha. I okay. still like them in a very crunchy way. They feel, they still feel like great customization, even though I know it's a lie. I know it's a lie. Like, in, yes. my, in my heart of hearts, I know that customization is a lie. But it still feels good to me to pour through a bunch of books and find the best things for my dude, right? It still right. feels kind of fun. It's something to do. Yes. Do you it's, want to explain why it's a of, lie? Please, please go ahead. You, you, you explain. I need a drink. Okay, you take a drink. Um, feed customization is a lie because you have the perception while you're doing it that you're making your character unique. But, of course, that is not what you're doing. It's, in fact, completely the opposite of what you're doing. That's like saying that the way you color, it's not even that really, the way you color a, uh, a, like a, like a paint by numbers using the paints that were specifically in the paint by numbers kit is making that photo unique. <laughs> right. Like, no, it's no, not. No, sir. You are not, you are not painting the Bob Ross way, my friend. Right. Um, you didn't start with a white canvas and it didn't evolve organically. You used a set. There's a set of potential choices and moreover the real set is much smaller than the actual set right right because there's one just some had requirements so let's shuffle all those out two there are some that just didn't apply to your class let's shuffle those out there are some that you didn't have the attributes for let's shuffle those out there are some that just have nothing to do with the type of character you're being mm -hmm. like i'm a big weapon fighter not a dancey around stab you in the hamstring fighter so let's shuffle those out so now we get down to this much this smaller, little handful right then right, and and real a, a small a small portion of those were devoted to that to the the prestige class crap right yep, yep. so a very small portion so you took the ones that you had to take no matter what even whether you wanted them or not right and then you the ones you think you wanted quote correct what you're selecting there is you're trying to find a two or three that combine together to give you the most power but the trick with that is <laughs> If if it is that obvious to you, if you can solve the equation, okay, that that a plus b plus c equals power, a thousand other people have solved that equation as well. A million yeah. other people have solved that equation. Somebody else in your game next time you play is going to solve that equation the same way and be able to run the same character as you. There's nothing you actually unique about what's going on there to your experience. Right. You, just you, you didn't rules. do it. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it's, it's certainly, it was, it was kind of like a first step towards being a, a PC role-playing game. Okay. Like, you know, like, a, like yes. a, like an old school PC RPG where you're just, just, just snapping in abilities. Again, I like to say, I like to say snap on customization or bolt on cause whatever. Yep. Um, so yeah, totally. Right. So to me, um, I, I could like, Ultimately, I'll come down as this. I'll take the opposite view of you. I think they were bad in that implementation. I don't think as a concept they're terrible, though I still don't love them. I think 5e does it better than what 3rd edition does. But let me very quickly touch on I'll, – I'll just, I'm just going to rapid-fire the things I hate. I'm not even going to bother. Do it, yeah, to go yeah. Deep. Spit them Here out, and then, I'll ha then I have a question for you. Okay. So one, spit, spit your stuff. Here's why I don't think they were good. One, too many. Okay? Like, it was just too much. Oh, yeah. I, that I know people who are like, I don't, I can't handle it. I don't want to dig through. We kept databases online of this. If I've got a database, the information to build a character, we've gone off the rails, right? That's number one. Two, 
um, they created weird divergent uh, levels in sort of power of the character based on your ability to, to navigate a web of information, right? Yep. So you had to be you had to be skill you had to have a very particular skill, namely the ability to read a lot of books, harvest small amounts of information from each of those books, and pierce together the piece together the web to understand what actually works to play the character you wanted. I wanted to be a stealthy assassin cleric. Well, to do that, you had to go find all the right little components in ten different books. And the problem is a lot of characters who are making those weird decisions narratively don't have the patience or the aptitude to achieve that. And so it created this sort of like 1%, 99%, right? Of, of like, yes, it was a vacuum where where the the best number crunchers were amazing and then right. the, everyone else was awful. Just they didn't do anything compared to that guy. Exactly. Three, it, you, and you touched on this, it created a delta between you, just you alone, playing the character yep. you initially thought of and the character that you ended up with. The it game tells you, you to play. Prime. The game actually tells you to play. You just don't know it. Correct. Because you're like, well, I want to do, again, we'll just, I'll just keep banging on the same example. I want to play the assassin stealth cleric. Well, let's just say the feats don't exist for that. And as I'm going through, I realize I'd be much better off doing a cleric who takes all these like turn replacement feats and this and this and this. And suddenly what comes out on the other side of this post mechanics is a completely different character. It's character prime. Doesn't even look anything like the old person, right? Three, they drifted from their original concept, which I do think was good. Originally, they were meant to be a more martial thing to customize a very few particular characters. The problem is everybody wanted in on it, right? Everybody wants some. Yes. I want some too. And so the number of feats every class could select started skyrocketing, right? Instead of taking these class features, you can just take feats. Uh, I don't know what number I'm on, but problem the next. I, I don't, I, I've lost track. <laughs> it's fine. Go Doesn't for matter. It. Problem the next. They create a hard distinction between what I call open ended power and closed power. And I'll, be, I'll make this very real for you. In the original 3rd edition Player's Handbook, the Monk was a 100% closed power character, right? It had a set of printed abilities. Yes, it was, it was, it was, it was the mo one of the most self-contained examples you can find in D&D. Correct. The feats are open-ended power. It's effectively what spellcasters used to be, like raw spellcasters, like wizards in previous mm -hmm. editions, right? The power of a wizard was sort of directly related... To, to his number of options or... To the number of spells printed in the game, right? Yeah. Now, the difference is Wizards had a... In previous editions, had a natural cap on... Right, there's only so much you can do. You're only given this amount of currency, right? Correct. You can only... you The GM had to give you a scroll or you had to find that spell. Because remember, you weren't just selecting spells upon leveling, right. obviously, right? But these feats gave you spells every round, basically. It gave you yes. a, a, the power of a spell every round. Now, and every it, time a new book is published yeah. with 10 new feats, that's 10, 10 new, spells. new spells you could select. Right. There's that you no can put in your, your 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 ten spell spell book, you know, that you Correct. can use every round. Yep. So it was exponential power growth because it didn't matter if if ninety nine percent of the feats were, let's say, completely balanced within one delta, whatever that delta is, of the median line of power. That is to say they're either up or down by one one yeah, sort of yeah. standard deviation. If one percent breaks the mold, the whole game goes off the rails. Because in a large that that means one out Everyone of hundred. Everyone takes that. That that's what everybody's doing. I exactly. Mean, and once you print that's a the only good thousand choice. feats, there are ten 
different points yep. I can pick way off the line, right? And and we saw this over and over again. This happened um, it, to where the point where GMs would start restricting particular feats out, right? I think yes. of like the cleric turn replacement feats being some of the classic ones that often got the channel divinity feats of sorts that often got canned. Um, the game really, I mean, if, perhaps feats. Did, helped with this, but the game really spiraled into something Rifts-like, which is uh, really unfortunate. Yes. Uh, point the next for my problem. It created a situation where the players felt too empowered. I know that sounds weird. That probably sounds weird to people. So let me let me dig on that one a little bit. The players felt like they were entitled to have all of this stuff and this customization on their own without the need of the GM. No guidance, yeah. No guidance. When as previously, the growth of your character came organically through what you were pursuing. I want to go get the magic sword of giant slaying, right? And I've GM, where's that at? And so the GM tells you a legend about it and you go hunt it out or you find it in a dungeon. And then that begins and you're like, or you just randomly find it. And you're like, oh, I want to learn how to use the sword of giant slaying and be the best giant slayer ever, right? And so all of these things were organic. They were a collaboration of the GM and the player. Instead here, the GM could just like, whatever, it's fine. You just, your characters are just going to happen. And I have nothing to say about it. It's, it's a sad state. It really is. So I know I just it, rapid fired. It certainly, it, it definitely ruined the top end of the game. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. And then point the last. I, there's more, but that's probably point the last. Because of the building nature of these things, high level just became ridiculous. Like there are yeah, yeah, there are so, other problems so, behind high level, but it right, really it's went off out the of rails. Hand. Yes. Um, to the point where it was like, well, we're gonna get in a fight. Everybody tuck in for the next four hours. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. If you're playing like say 16th plus level at that time period. Um. Now. All of this is balanced by the fact that they spoke to something, right? I think that the reason they're so popular is because they really did speak to something in the heart of players, right? And it's exactly what you said. It's like, I get to feel like I'm you feel it, yeah. making something. I'm building something. It's, it's a feeling and, and not necessarily, you know, just, just because it's a bad system doesn't mean the feeling's bad. You know what I right. mean? Yes. Um, and so it's something it's something that I still I, it, to me, it still feels cool, even though I know I feel like I know it's wrong as a designer. I, I mean, I've looked at this game. I you I, I, I assisted some in, when, when you when you attempted to, to throw your lot in with this with this kind of game. Right. Yes. And it I, I knew right away that it was bad. Like, because you, you kind of leaned into it for a while. You leaned into feats and such um, in your design. And it was like, I couldn't, I was like, I can't do this. And after you were done with it, I, it seems like it was the best learning experience you ever got because you, 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 you took it to the next level and then figured out this, this specific problem and why, why it just doesn't work so well. Um, but what I would ask you is, are feats bad? in a void and is it just because of the perfect storm that third edition 3.5 what it really was together with feats and prestige classes and the way multi-classing worked and all of the that's like a perfect storm of ridiculous crunch um that for that every every single aspect forces you into a specific path um is it 
feats alone or is it the whole storm and if it if it if it's not you know just feats then maybe feats are good just not in D&D because feats are just their defined abilities they give a mechanical benefit at a certain interval during character development advancement right that's right. what it is yep so that's my question if 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 you if you if you grokked all that i did and my answer is uh, no, feats are not bad in the void. Absolutely not. I think they are, in fact, if taken in the void, I think they are quite good. Because I, I love think in the they... void, by the way. So, yeah, listeners, I'm a, I apologize if I overuse it, but I like the void. So, go, uh, go I'm on, sure each of us have our own picadillos. We will repeat far too many times. Uh, I I uh, I think that feats taken by themselves are an amazingly good concept, and they speak to the heart of what players want to get out of a game. That is to say, a game like this, wherein I am advancing, I am completing things, I am succeeding in adventures, my story is being told, and as part of that, part of my reward is the ability to select u- unique, and you can't see it, but there's finger quotes here. Okay, yeah. I'm doing giant <laughs> finger quotes, you can probably hear them. I totally hear it, I, I hear it in your voice, my friend. Yeah, I unique uh, elements that make my character stand apart and let me speak to who I see this character as being in the world. That is a great idea. It's not even just a good idea. Right. It's, it's an a epic great idea. idea. It's amazing. Yes. The problem with it was absolutely in the implementation, not in the concept. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there were, they were explosive. There were too many. They weren't controlled, but all that could be reeled back. Right. You give sure. Less if they would out. have kept it to the, the the player's handbook, we would not even we would not there would this wouldn't even be a thought, right? Or or if they had just kept it to a more rarefied concept, right? Something you got less of that was bigger, uh, that was more important. That there was a set number of, like you said, they like kept it like the, the my problem with the original player's handbook list is that it was bad, <laughs> right? right. Like, it was pretty awful. There was barely anything to choose for any class but fighter. Exactly. Um, and I, I don't mean it was bad like the rules were bad. I mean it was bad like most of them weren't compelling. Because right. to me, what they should be doing, the other big one I didn't mention, is they're completely detached from the narrative. Right. Well, we I mean, we kinda hinted at that when we were when 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 I was talking about it because you know, these are these are things that no longer matter except for the the stat line. Whatever the stat line is, whatever whatever it tells you what the feat does is all that matters, right? It right. doesn't matter what what in general it actually means. Yep. So like a fighting style, it doesn't mean anything to me anymore except for the number, right? As opposed exactly. to being something that defines your character because you you move in a certain way, you know, you you trained with a sword master in in a specific place at a specific time, and that's why you know this special technique. And when you pull it out, the enemy should be like, "I cannot believe you know this technique. I will counter it with this." You know, Inigo Montoya style. Totally. Yes. Like that's what a feat should be. It should be something you're proud of, not yes. something you hide away just to just to make sure, like like you have have your numbers straight. You know, that's all you need to remember is having your numbers straight. Exactly. Um, no narrative earning. No, that which is earned too easily is esteemed too lightly, right? Um, yeah. There's, there's no sense of actual ownership or earning of the thing. There's no connection to the actual narrative, and you get too much of it. It's all watered down. So less is more in this case. Um, Christmas is special because it comes once a year, right? I mean, there's just 100 examples of this. Yeah. Right. So so I think I'm, what, I, what I'm taking from your answer is that 
and and I guess how we can how we can sum this up is feats were they good? No. Could they be good? Yes. Right. Correct. Absolutely correct. Implemented properly, they could be amazing. But were they good? The original question. No. That that would be my answer. Yes. Think I think we're good there. I think that's uh, that's covered. I think we got it. That's undesigned. Undesigned.